On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I give a recap of the Blueprint Conference in Vegas this last week. Join us. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition. Well, every edition is special of Industry Relations. This is your host, Notorious Rob Hahn. And as always with me, my co-host, the fabulous Greg Robertson. Woo! Woo! Hello, Rob. Yeah. Did you get a haircut? I mean, I just saw you for like a week. Yeah, I, week. I kind of, uh, I, I had some hair product problems in Vegas. So, oh. um, yeah, but um, I, I'm fresh out of the shower, actually. All right. So I well, went for you a look walk, fantastic. A, a brisk walk this morning. So, yeah. Fantastic as always. The fabulous Greg Robertson is fabulous head of hair. And I'm wearing a hat because <laughs> I, I don't stay. <laughs> So, uh, like I mentioned, I mean, it was really great to see you. You know, um, it's one of the advantages of living in Vegas, of course, that conferences happen here. So I could see friends, you know, from around the country, around the world, come to town. And we were just at a conference that it was your first time. It was yeah. my third, but yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the, Blueprint. Yeah, it was Blueprint. So I, I'd heard good things about this. Um, I'd went to their website and I, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about whether or not I was going to go or not. Um, other than like, you know, it's always a good time to, for us lately, especially to kind of get together and rap. But um, they, right on the website, they had a thing like if you're a member of the press or media, you know, they apply for a press pass, right? Or a media pass. Right. And uh, I said, shit, I'll give it a shot. Right. So I just put down, you know, Greg Robertson, Bender Alley and, answer a few questions and boom, their president reached out and says, yeah, I'd love to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, so I got a free, uh, a free pass, uh, free along with that, I had some, uh, some, uh, Bonvoy points. I, I stayed, uh, at the cosmopolitan, which was kind of a pain in the ass, but, um, you know, it's, it, it worked out, but, uh, hey man, yeah. Cosmo's probably way better than staying at the Venetian because as you remember, there was that major renewable energy conference happening at the same time. Well, right? I'll, I'll, I'll up you on that. I mean, but MGM had gotten hacked. So they had a, That's uh, right. you know, similar to what happened in real estate here, they had a, uh, a um, ransomware attack and right. that initially affected just, I mean, MGM is a corporation that owns many hotels. Right. It initially, I think really hit the MGM hotel, but cosmopolitan was, is one under the MGM umbrella. Oh, okay. um, when I checked in though, I didn't have any problems checking in, but I was talking to the, uh, the person behind the front uh, counter and she was saying that nobody in there could get into their email server of, you know, their work email server. So that was kind of a weird thing. Oof. And then by the time we left it, it had kind of spread to other, I haven't really seen a lot of it in the media, but I mean, on yeah. Twitter and, you know, I, I follow obviously a lot of the Vegas stuff because I'm yeah. there so much, Yeah. but um, it was all over the, all over oh, the yeah. place on, on Twitter and Instagram about the, oh, yeah. uh, the hacking. Yeah. No, my, uh, the co-founder, the, my CTO at, at T center was just quoted all over New York times and, you know, Las Vegas Review Journal because he's a cybersecurity expert, right? So oh, okay. he's talked about all of that. Yeah, we had a good time with that. It's like, hey, you're in the press. <laughs> but all right, in any event, so what do you think of Blueprint? So yeah, I didn't. I mean, beyond just like people saying it was a good conference, um, 
I, I didn't know exactly what to expect, except that it was, I, I got the feeling was it was prop tech, but, you know, more broadly meaning, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we we're in residential, right? So, yeah. and, and, and in the, uh, in the prop tech world, they kind of shorten that to resi. Oh, you're resi. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I, you know, is I'm, I'm getting the kind of lingo going down. Yeah. Um, and, but they, they included things like, uh, you know, a lot of commercial um, companies. So software that helps you manage the power systems on each floor based upon usage. And then you can, yep. you know, save money that way. Or, the you know, one of the things that my favorite. Washer. Yeah. The robotic window washer. Right. So you don't have to hire humans to, you know, uh, dangle from ropes outside and do the windows. Um, uh, you know, a lot of construction thing, like how, how to kind of keep costs going during the initial build and, you know, uh, digital twins of buildings that, you know, can be, uh, created. Um, you know, uh, just, I mean, a ton of that kind of like what you would kind of never think of as part of like, when I think of prop tech, cause I don't, I have a very, in my head, a narrow focus, not to say that we didn't see a lot of our old friends, you know, um, Pete Flint was there. Yep. Spencer Raskoff was there. We yep. had, uh, uh, so few good meetings with them. Um, a lot, you know, some people from Resi, you know, Sam DeBoard was there from Rezo, yep. Yep. um, Greg Sachs. Uh, I mean, I'm forgetting a lot of people there, but I mean, you know, yeah. um, you know who I was, uh, uh, glad to see I saw Celeste there, Celeste our yep. star child. Yep. I haven't seen her in a long time, but you know, yep. in that whole like prop tech world, the whole, um, you know, in home inspection, yep. you know, uh, mortgage. Home, yep. Yeah. Mortgage, you know, that kind of thing that was all there. So that was great to uh, see some of the old friends there. Um, some people I missed. I, I, when I came back, I looked on Twitter and like, God, I didn't know that guy was there. I should have said hello to him. I mean, yep. it was, but, but as you said in the beginning, um, there was another solar conference that was like four floors below us. Yeah. And that had about 60,000 people. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, the first thing, the first impression is just a sea of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, just amazing, uh, just crazy amount of people there. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, even when you got to the Blueprints con- conference, it was just, oh my God, it was so, it was so crowded. I mean, yeah. You yeah. feel the same way? Yeah, and like I said, that's why it's good that you stayed at the Cosmo because I was hearing from people that the Uber line to leave the Venetian was like 45 minutes to an hour because of so many people were just ordering cars and taxis just to get to, you know. Yeah, I went off, Mar- I mean, I still had to get back, so I would order an Uber, but I was doing it off yeah. the time, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was still taking 20, 30 minutes for sure. Yeah, yeah. so I, because I hosted a couple of dinners and people were like, it's, it's impossible to get get out of the Venetian. You know, some people walked. It was like a right. three mile walk, and they got there faster. So, but it was. Uh, I mean, it's my third time. I think doing Blueprint, and uh, they're getting better. You know, with each year. But I gotta tell you, man, I felt a little, a little, and I I don't know what it is. So maybe I'll just talk it over with you. I felt a little like sadness. <laughs> like there was a mm. little bit of. Like in the past two blueprints I've been to, I was just like, this is the greatest conference I've ever been to. It's amazing. The innovation, the, you know, like the people you talk to and the things that people are working on, it was phenomenal. This year I felt a little empty, right? And I was been trying for three days to figure out why, right? 
because there was plenty of innovation. There were there were cool things and great people, you know, some really intelligent conversation. But I felt a little empty, you know. So I'm trying to figure out why, and because it was your first time, you saw. So I'm gonna see if I could put some words around it and see what you think. Okay. Okay. I think the issue is for me. I was almost starting to feel like the limitations of technology, right? And yes, I've, I've been a consultant for 12 years, but really I feel like I kind of come out of the tech background. I've always been a believer in technology, right? That technology solves, you know, huge problems. It really advances things, pushes things forward. Like if there are problems, then technology is going to be the solution, right? Whatever the problem is, you know, so greenhouse gases or whatever. Okay, you know what? I don't think it's about government regulation and whatever. It's about, you know, technology will solve this problem, right? If this is a real problem, we'll figure it out, right? Um, you know, whatever. It's, that's just how I felt. Like if there's hunger, like technology will figure that out. You know, if there's – this time around, man, like I just felt like are we hitting the limits of what technology is able to do? So here's what I – so I'll tell you like what made me think of this. Maybe it's because you and I are in resi. Right. But to me, the number one issue going on right now in our industry, the country, if you will, is cost of housing. Right. That the average working family can no longer afford to buy the average house. Right. And rents are going higher and higher. And more and more people are saying, you know what? I don't know if I could afford rent. Right. To me, like that's the problem. <laughs> like that is. The challenge, and it has to, do, and and I get it. It has to do with the Fed policy. It has to do with, you know, all like macroeconomic factors, right? And I didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't really get the sense like the technologists at Blueprint were focused on that. I heard a lot of stuff around AI, right? Tons and tons of AI, and I'm like, yeah, but it's AI. That's not. I'm not seeing how this connects to the central problem of our of our age. Right? Like, how does this AI connect to affordability? I wasn't hearing that. I was hearing, we're going to do AI and it's going to make your mortgage loan offices much more productive. It will help your whatever be much more productive, right? Or it's, we're going to be able to discover like new uh, revenue opportunities by using AI and, you know, satellite photography or something. I'm like, okay, like this is all cool, but it doesn't address the central problem. Do you know what I mean? And I was expecting there to be some sort of, hey, everybody, we know housing affordability is a real issue, and here's technology that's going to help solve that. Whether that's, you know, like a year ago, two years ago maybe, there was somebody talking about 3D printing, right? 3D printing of houses as a solution to affordability. I wasn't here. I didn't see any of that this year around, right? And maybe that's what I'm feeling a little like, is this have we had certain problems where technology is actually not the answer? It actually cannot solve for things like housing affordability. Yeah, I mean, is there te can technology solve the printing of money? You know, the inflation. The exactly, um, exactly. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm not sure if you're conflating two things of. Uh, you know, can, is it supposed to, I guess is the question I would ask you. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, there's certain macro things that happen. I mean, yes. oh my God, we had an earthquake, right? I mean, why couldn't technology solve the earthquake right. or, or, you know, oh my God. Um, you know, there's some things I think you, I'm not sure if it's really, 
helpful or rightfully to kind of say we should have so- been able to solve this with with tech, right? Um, you know, well, no, oh my okay, god, no, this on, per- this 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 guy's a bad father. Yeah, no. Let, let me refine that. What I, what I mean is, I'm not saying technology should have anticipated problems to solve that. What I'm saying is, going forward. So, like the earthquake problem, right? Okay, there was an earthquake. The city of San Francisco is leveled, right? Okay, technology couldn't solve that, but what we can do there is, okay, hey, look, earthquakes a problem. We're going to create new building materials, new construction techniques, new technology. <laughs> to make buildings more earthquake resistance going forward, right? Like addressing the problem, right? And you're right. I, you're absolutely right. I, technology can't solve money printing, right? I don't, I don't know how. Or, I, you know, but I guess what I was hoping for was, like, okay, we have some of the smartest people in prop tech across commercial, residential, construction, you know, finance. I mean, they're – Blueprint basically is a conference of startups and VCs is one way to think about it, right? You're not going to – like I didn't see Warehouser there, right? They're build, building materials. Like right? I didn't see Caterpillar there. You know, like it's not that. It's startups and VCs. But these are some of the most, you know, sort of forward-thinking, risk-taking entrepreneurs, right, and financiers who want to support that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't so- hearing people talking about, you know what? affordability. Here's how we're going to try and solve it. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. Uh, kind of maybe a story here to kind of highlight that um, because you're, you're kind of um, poking my memory. So um, I, I saw, um, and I, we talked about this a little bit. Um, Adina Heffitz, I think is her last name. She's the mm-hmm. CEO of Divi Homes, Divi, right? And yep. Divi has a great model where Basically, you pick a house, they'll buy it, you rent it for them, but you're basically building equity. So at one point you can take over it, right? This is That's right. absolutely going what you're talking about, right? Um, solving these kind of affordability problems, solving these kind of things. That's, That's what right. she's doing, right? So she talked about, and you know, and I'm sure every every startup founder has read, you know, the hard things about hard things from Ben Horowitz. And, you know, he, he talks about the kind of three stages of building a company. The first one is kind of like, you know, this product market fit, right? And Adina was talking about that and she was kind of giving advice to the audience. She was right, on, on the right. main stage there. Like, well, you know, you, so now we, okay, just, do people want this? You know, you go out there and you work, you know, 12 to 18 months and you figure out people want this. Absolutely. Right. And that's, that's focus, dedication, yeah, make sure. Yeah, yeah. Then if you're successful in that, you may maybe get your series B round, right? Then it's like, okay, how do I work on the unit metrics? How do I make, how do I make this a business? Is this, how do I make it a viable business? Right. And that's another 12 to 18 to, you know, 24 months of, of figuring that hard part out. And then the third thing is, okay, once you do that and you get your series D and you're ready to go, it's like, okay, how do I scale this? Yeah. And she's like, and again, that's an incredibly difficult, difficult focus thing that you can do and everything else. She's like, well, I didn't have anything on my agenda to worry about the, the, the inflation rate, <laughs> right? Because, right? you know, these people are very, you know, they're, they're trying to execute on doing what they're doing. And, and she is absolutely, that company is absolutely trying to solve the problem, but that's right. These things that come up, I mean, that's right. You know, it's just not, it's not in the wheelhouse or like, you know, I, I'm sure that they kind of thought of those things when they're doing their debt restructuring or things like that. But I mean, 
as far as it being like a, a central thing to what they're doing to try to build their company, I don't think any company really kind of thinks about that, right? I mean, um, you know, you might have somebody like, uh, and you know, we had a conversation with somebody from Zillow where, yeah, why did they get out of the, uh, you know, the the Zillow Homes thing? And you know, sometimes it just got down to is like, I didn't like the risk. I didn't. I didn't. He he. Maybe he was paying attention like nobody was, and goes. Well, and I think he said this. I, mean, I just like the I like the higher margins of a media business rather than the low margins of a you know of, of a brokerage, right? So, um, I, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it, these are smart founders. Even the founders are working on, on 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 solving hard problems like what you're talking about. Still, I mean, it's just the nature of the building a startup. Um, some of these things just kind of come as a surprise, or just I mean, and, and again, what we're dealing with now is and i think they said this on stage is the the um the speed of how quickly interest rate rise rose sure is unprecedented it's like it's the most it's ever been in like 70 years or so, 60 sure. or 70 yeah. years yeah so yeah i mean how do you how do you kind of uh solve for this and i'll say the the two words how do you solve for these kind of black swan events uh. right <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't really black. So, but that's a whole other thing. No, you're right. Look, macroeconomics. So it just reminds me, like, okay, real estate. At the end of the day, it's macroeconomics game, right? And maybe that was kind of my. This I'm trying to struggle. Like I said, I don't have any answers. Like I'm just feeling. Yeah. I'm talking through with you. Where I didn't walk away from this conference like feeling like filled with hope, and like wow, all this technology that's coming down the pike is going to completely revolutionize things and completely change the world. And life's going to be so much better. I didn't walk away feeling that. I walked away yeah. feeling like, have we hit a limit? What you're, you're right. Like, what are you gonna like? Look, you could be the greatest smart startup founder. Divi Homes is amazing. Whatever product market fit, and like that's all true. You're not Jerome Powell, right? You're not fucking the. Why the, don't we build a? Con- we'll get Elon Musk to make a clone of Jerome right. Powell to to yeah. walk up to stage and like say exactly what we need them to say. Yeah, right? you know, you know. So it's like okay, <laughs> but that was maybe maybe that's what it is. It's it was a little bit deflating to think you know what there are problems that technology just can't solve, right? And it's a bit of a uh, <coughs> bit of a sobering, but a bit right. of a depressing thought, right? That the only solution then is political. You know, the only solution is something else, right? Yeah, like we need to I replace mean, the. We need to replace central banks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like something like that. Like, hey, Bitcoin. You know, like it's it's really kind of deflating in a way is all I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're coming from, I mean, I had a, you know, you're coming from having, you know, gone to two of those things and seeing that optimism and a lot of these new vendors out there. Um, my experience being the first one in like, um, and mostly going to like, you know, I've been to the Inman conferences, of course, yep. and the RS media conferences and the T3 conferences and all in between of those types of things, which are traditionally very resi things. This is a really a true prop tech yeah. technology conference. Yeah. And myself, um, you know, having bootstrap all the companies that I've founded, um, have never had to kind of, I've always just marveled at the whole VC world and the, yeah. the world of fundraising. And that's what, that's the first thing that struck me was like, okay, 
you know, it's, it was basically a sausage fest there, right? So the, <laughs> the, the leadership was just all these young men in their yeah. late 20s, early 30s, yeah. and they had a definite look to them. And yeah. they're all, they've all got these ideas, but, yeah. the, the, you know, one of the things that that's clearly on their mind is how do I get funding, right? Yeah. And in this, in this environment, it can be very um, tough. But they had that pit and you and I went in there, you, you were gracious enough for, for me to kind of sit in on a, uh, a, uh, talk you were having with a VC there. Yeah. And, and it was a pit and it, it was like these round cocktail tables with a number on it. Yeah. And each, each one of those tables had a VC on it. Yeah. And then it was just roaring in there, like the hottest club in Vegas. Yeah. And it was just founder after founder pitching these VCs about yeah. their idea and trying to get on, you know, get on their next get a meeting with them, you know, offsite, yeah. you know, as yeah. far as for, for getting things. And I'm just thinking to myself, Oh my God, it's like, you know, you, first of all, it's like, how do you get this person's attention? Um, your pitch has got to be really tight to, you yeah. know, to down to whatever. Um, and you know, these guys are just, it's deflating of like, well, you know, what, what, what if Zillow did that? You'd be yeah. out of business. They're, they're, pre-programmed. And a lot of times I think they're not even doing it because they believe it. They want to just see your reaction sure, and see you overcome objections. Sure. Of course. Uh, uh, to kind of validate whether you've kind of really thought this out or not. Sure. And um, I will be candid and like, I was just super impressed with a lot of these guys who are, you know, they're, they're, you know, hardcore true believers in, in what they're doing. And I guess they need to be. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how you be, I, I don't know which is worse being a founder or one of those VCs. Cause it's like, oh, it's worse um, being a founder. It, they're both tough jobs, right? Yeah. It's worse being a founder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He who has the king, he has the gold as king, right? Well, I, you know, look, I've, I've done it enough to where, and look, it's been, I don't know, 20 years right, since I've been in the dating world, but I think there's a lot of parallels. You know, um, like being a VC at a place like that is kind of like being the hottest girl in the club, you know? So you just sit and then all these guys come up and they have to try and just, hey, baby, you know, let me get your phone number. And then you get to, why should I give you my phone number? Like, who are you? And, you know, like, yeah. So they, they get to reject, right? And then what's funny is, of course, you do have that once in a while, like where the tables are flipped, you know? So you have like that startup, you have that company come in and everyone's like, holy shit, this is a unicorn. I want to get in on this deal. And then it's reversed. And now, you know, yeah. it's the founder who gets to be. And I guess the example might be something like, uh, what's his name? You know, um, Adam Neumann. Newman, yeah. right? We, we work out. He got, what is it, $300 million from, you know, Soft to do bank. this like prop tech thing. You know, so he would be like the super hot, you know, Tom Brady walking into a club, right? And all of a sudden, right. all the hot women want to talk to him. So, but that's that's the vibe. So, as a general rule, though, you know, unless you're, you know, Adam Newman, then you, you want to be the VC. It's much easier. <laughs> yeah. The second thing I kind of noticed was just um, it made it completely different from the stuff I go. There was just no brokers and agents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, and I guess it's not really made for that, right? Because I think. In the other conferences that we go to, I mean, you know, it's a chance almost for brokers and agents to meet the people creating the technology. Right. And, you know, a lot of times, because the way that 
that real estate is structured, a lot of those volunteers or decision makers also getting deals done, right? So right. it's a little bit further down the funnel, so to right. speak, right? Right. Um, so I guess that's what I look at. It's like blueprint is really up on the, the top of the funnel. And then as you go down and getting to kind of execute and like sell into brokerages, sell into, you know, um, you know, I'm sure like the MBA conference or, you know, mm-hmm. the mortgage stuff mm-hmm. is a bit like you're getting closer to, you know, okay, I've got to execute now where you're That's not, right. it's just not just a high level funding That's thing. That's right. That's right. Um, I probably enjoy the content more at a Inman than I did here because I, I, I found the content a little bit, well, it's just, it's, again, it's like, it's, it, there's only smatterings of resi things. Um, Spencer right. Raskoff did a great um, panel with uh, Pete Flint. Right. Um, Ryan o- O'Hare, who used to run realtor.com. Um, and, uh, who else was on there? Um, one of the, one of the venture capital guys talking about the kind of old portal wars and, yeah. you know, what, what would be, what would they do differently? Or, you know, how, how are things looking for the future of that? Um, I thought that was interesting. We saw Errol there. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we, we went to his session and cheered him on and, um, about some things yeah, he was, was talking fun. about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, do, I don't know, because, you know, I, I just don't know half the things they're talking about at these other things, you know, using, you know, transducers to maximize airflow in buildings, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, it was cool. And then there's a lot of stuff around, like, you know, obviously environmental stuff was a big thing. Yeah. Which was cool because the four floors, you know, other than the top one we were at. Those guys were all about alternative energy and renewables and solar and wind and whatever. And, you know, it's like, yeah, all useless fucking technologies uh, because none of them want to embrace nuclear. But that's a whole other topic. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. I thought you had solar. I do have solar. And it's I have useless? EV. It's useless for large scale. But it's not right? useless to you. No, what I mean, it's, it's, let's put it this way, it's real marginal. It's real marginal. I live in Nevada. I thought you're like paying zero for electricity. That's true. Ten bucks. Okay, a that's month. not marginal to me. Hell, I, I don't even want to tell you what my electricity bill was fucking last month in, in I'm Southern just saying, California. Okay, you want to get into this? I'm just saying. Look, I'm fine with solar. I love wind. I love all of those things. I'm just saying your base load has to be nuclear. That's all, right? If you don't want to burn coal okay, well, yeah. and natural I mean, just, gas, your you base load has I, to be nuclear. But, no, useless in the sense of like it's not going to solve the energy problem. Right. Yeah, it's just additive. It's just like a nice to have. Because let's put it to say, if, if my solar went out, I would still have electricity. Okay. If my grid went out, I would have electricity eight hours a day. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's the difference. So I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway. So there's a lot of that. Like I said, for me, it's always a great conference, always great to see people. Like, for, like I said, I, I- for me, I just felt like a sense of hollowness, like, man, we still can't solve like the big problems, right? Yeah, like, I think you're at the wrong conference there. No, you're, you're exactly right. And so that's my fault. Go to the it's monetary conference for, yeah. you know, go to like yeah. Davos or some shit, right? I exactly. don't know what the It's hell. my fault. I'm not, I'm not suggesting there's any problem with Blueprint or any down to it. This is just my fault because I'm like, maybe I wanted to hear more, maybe some prop tech entrepreneur saying, hey, you know what? We found a way of... Um, of, uh, of uh, I don't know, solving labor. In fact, I'll give you a perfect example, right, of what this, like, thing was for me, right? <clears throat> I went to a, a startup, like, pitch session. 
And there was a guy there pitching uh, a company. What the hell is it called? Tool Belt or something like that. Great, clever idea, right? So he actually came out of like construction and renovation industry, right? And he, what he was talking about was one of the big limiting factors for his company as they were coming up was accessibility to skilled labor. Right, like you want to do renovation, you want to build a house, you know, the whole thing is okay. Well, I need a plumber, I need an electrician, I need a roofer, right? And he couldn't find them. Like he had a lot of time, a lot of trouble, like finding the right people. He said, "Look, you can buy building materials, right? They're available. That's not that hard to, to get." The difficult thing he felt was how do I get the skilled labor to actually do the work? So he created a company. It's like a national, like. Oh, upwork kind of thing, you know, a, a a place where, you know, builders and, you know, companies could go and say, hey, I'm looking for electricians, I'm looking for roofers. And then there'll be a way for electricians, roofers, all these people to come together and say, hey, I'm available, here are my qualifications, et cetera, right? I'm like, okay, that's a really clever thing and it solves a particular problem, right? You know what though? Like as I'm hearing him and I'm like, okay, I like him, I like the company idea, it sounds really great. As I'm listening to him, what I couldn't, what I couldn't shake out of my head, right, was like Mike Rowe and all these macro people talking about, we just don't have enough skilled labor. Young men are not going into the trades, right? Like young people are not working in, they're not becoming plumbers, they're not becoming, you know, uh, roofers, they're not becoming carpenters, right? They're all wanting to become TikTok stars. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't shake that, right? So it's like, is it his fault? Of course not. That guy solved the problem. And he's like, okay, well, I need so I'm gonna create this platform where, you know, essentially buyers and sellers of service of skilled labor can meet and sort of streamline that. And, you know, it was like we could do license verification. There's it solves a bunch of problems. It's not his fault. But when he's talking about, it, I'm like, yeah, but we just don't have enough people entering the trades, right? That the average plumber is fifty-five years old now. Like, you know, the, like you can't solve. And again, he can't solve that problem. That's a societal problem. I get it, right? But man, is it deflating? Where you go, ah, here's a limit of technology, right? You could put together this platform, right, and make that process as efficient as possible. But you know what, man? When you're short three million, you know, plasterers, then you're short three million. Like. Technology can't create skilled laborers like that. I think that's yeah. kind of what I'm conveying. I right? mean, if anybody wants to be a plumber um, or wants motivation to be a plumber, talk to I mean, my neighbor, Sam Crandall's plumbing. Um, look at his house. Exactly. <laughs> look exactly. at all the toys he's got. Sam has got it going fucking on, man. So exactly. he's, he's, I see his uh, trucks everywhere. His guys are always, he runs a great business and he's yeah. doing freaking pretty well, man. So, I mean, yeah. look, man, when I was having my solar installed, the guy who came, who was like the head, you know, sort of tech engineer, you know, he doesn't own the company, 26 years old, making $180,000 a year. Yeah. Fucking installing ain't. solar panels. Now he's working his ass off. He's up at seven in the morning. He's on rooftops in the Vegas heat, you know, but yeah. So though, there's, there's plenty of, but we just need to like, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, 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 I'm a firm believer in technology, but I mean, it's definitely, it's not a, 
it's not a solver of everything for sure. Right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, So I wish it was, (laughs) like I said, so I think my thing is okay. You know what? I still believe in technology. Obviously I'm still in a tech company. I'm a prop tech startup myself, you know, but there are certain problems that this can't solve. Right. So then you have to then turn our attention to, okay, then what problems do we need solved and how do we solve them? Right. I think that's, for a different conversation, you know what I mean? But I think it's something that needs to happen. And it would have been nice, I think, so maybe this is just more, not that the guys who run Blueprint are listening to us talk, but you know, the big plenary sessions, the big onstage main sessions, it might be useful in future to at least have one or two people coming and addressing those non-technological policy or macroeconomic issues. You know, there's like, hey, you people in the prop tech space, you're doing your thing and there's that. But let's talk about monetary policy. Here's the impact. Here's what it's going to do to whatever real estate, to property. Like, no one's going to talk about the fact that we might have a tsunami happening in commercial real estate, right? Which could wipe out like entire asset categories. Like, you know, and then maybe it's like, hey, here's the challenge that for prop tech, we, you know, we need you guys as bright, smart entrepreneurs to think about, are there technological solutions to something like office conversion to residential, as an example? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. something. Like, would it be nice to have some, some well, sort of, and you know. There were to be, I remember seeing a couple panels on people that were like, how do I convert these things into something else that were those things? So yeah. um, I know- Myron's given us a rap signal. I, so the question I get asked is maybe this is a good way to rap. Yeah. Is w- Greg, you know, you went there, you go to a lot of these conferences. Would you go? I mean, I'm, I'm a, I own, I run an association. I run a yeah. um, MLS, you know, I'm, I'm, I work for a franchise or I run a franchise and I would say, I would say, absolutely. I would, I would go there to see kind of this other side, this, this, how the sausage is made, how these bigger companies get funded in, in that world, just to be educated about it. Um, after that, you can decide for yourself whether this is something um, for you going forward. But I would I, I would definitely uh, encourage people to go at least once to see if this is going to um, float their boat right now. Mm-hmm. For me, um, it was it was a great experience. Now, if if I ever decide to um, start another company and do fundraising. I think I would, this would have to be a must, must in the, in the prop tech space, I would say this would have to be a must go, um, conference right now. If, if I'm just doing what I'm doing, probably I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, not sure yet. I'm not sure yet, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like to me, my, my wheelhouse totally of what I'm doing, but I'm glad I went there and I would definitely encourage others to kind of go check it out as well. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to take the exact opposite stance, right? Where Shocking. No, what I mean by that is I think if you're doing what you're doing and you want to be more of a media, if like Vendor Alley, like next Blueprint Vendor Alley should have a booth and you should be interviewing every single prop tech founder, <laughs> right? Yeah, but did you see a lot of Resi booths there? So well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's beyond Resi. Yeah, see, I don't know if guys, I want to go beyond Resi. No, a lot of those guys have implication to Resi. Mm. So like I, I said, you know, uh, uh, one of the companies that was talking about uh, rooftop 
Dot.ai, I think it's what the company was, right? Where they would send up drones and they would take photos of rooftops and then be able to tell you what kind of maintenance you need, what the budget for replacement. The lead gen, yeah. That is direct relevance to residential. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 I get now, it. They're not in resi space, right? Um, I think there are a bunch of startups like that. Um, yeah, I just, uh, and I just published this, uh, I'm kind of kicking back off uh, listing bits and I just mm -hmm. did an interview with the founder oh, wow. there. His name is Jeremy and it's the uh, site is the quick fix without the C and quick. Mm -hmm. And basically what you do is you take your home inspection report and send it over to those guys yeah. and they give you a quote. Um, and then a contractor right. can come in, you know, a quote for a contractor to do those things. That's right. And I thought that's, that's right. a great, you know, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, just a great solution for sure. There were so many companies talking about we are some sort of platform for home or marketplace, or home improvement, and stuff like that. So many of those companies, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to win, but there's relevance for Resi. So I, I guess all I'm saying is I think next week, next year, Bender Alley should literally have a booth. You should have microphones to be like 15 minute podcasts with founders, right? I mean, versus yeah, I if you're your a point. startup, yeah. maybe you do have to go, but. As a startup founder that went, I'm like, dude, talking to VCs, like I said, it's one of those things. You got to put in dating context, right? Like, are you a super hot guy? <laughs> are you a 10? <laughs> if you are, then you don't really need to go. <laughs> if you're not a 10, then maybe you got to go, but just understand you're going to be running the gauntlet and you're just going to be, you know, yeah. Lots, I think about, I think in that pit. When you do your twelfth pitch, you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna absolutely nail it for any time after that, right? Because just that repetitiveness is gonna be is gonna be make you great. Exactly, exactly. But like I said, it's just like in the dating context, is that a better use of your time, or should you just go hit the gym? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, like as a startup founder, do you spend all your time going to talk to? VCs, or do you actually just improve your product? Yeah, I guess I'm. I'm always fond of saying, um, the best marketing is is to have a great product, right? That's right. So that that that's falls right. in that wheelhouse. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, like I said, great seeing, seeing you all this week. I hope to see you in person soon as well. And um, just so everybody knows, Rob is like batting a thousand percent for all of his restaurant recommendations that's right although i haven't eaten anything but korean and chinese or japanese food but um they're Next all time. they were no, all great well, so. hold on. i took you to mexican remember oh we did mexican that's right we well, actually we did uh the pizza place was pretty good even for a chain right so that's right that's i take right. it all back uh, no matter what rob's got we've got, <laughs> got you covered if you are coming to my city and you want to know where to eat off strip look me up i will absolutely I will hook you up. thanks right. rob all right. Thanks, everybody. Ciao. Listen, content is everything. Two Brothers Creative makes it look easy. Right now, business owners really only have two options. The first option is hire a big firm. Now, this big firm is going to come in, make you think that they invented all the algorithms and start charging you thousands of dollars every month. You don't want to do that. Second option is to do it yourself. Well, that means you got to learn SEO, SEM, copywriting, marketing techniques on the web. Ugh, you should be really focusing on your own product. But now there's a third option. It's called content in a box. Give Two Brothers Creative 30 minutes a week and they'll handle everything. Plus, they'll show you how to bring it in-house later on. They'll rebuild your marketing foundation and give you tools and techniques and a new marketing playbook that'll actually produce real results and help you grow your business. 
Two Brothers Creative will give you the confidence and know-how to tell the SEOs and SEMs and all those other acronyms to get fucked. You're in control now. Get started today at thecontentbox.com.